Are you a bride chilla or groom chilla? Spend 30 minutes with Bride Chilla podcast host Alicia and you will be. So let's get planning. One finds oneself slightly still out of breath from one's workout. God, I don't know how the rich, posh people can speak like that because it takes a lot of effort. And uh, I don't know for what cause. One finds themselves confused by saying one all the time. I'm out of breath because I'm working really hard. I just finished a P90X. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a hardcore workout and I'm on the countdown to Hawaii. We're going to Belinda's wedding in under, like, it's like a week today we leave. Very exciting. And uh, mama's got to get a body back. (laughs) Mama's body didn't go anywhere, but mama needs to just tighten shit up a little bit because she's going to be in some swimwear with some already tanned slightly leaner Australians. I love myself. I love my body. I've got no shame. I'm just getting a bit older and I realize that things don't stay in the same place as long as you want them to without a bit more effort. I'm Alicia, the host of the Bride Chiller podcast. Perhaps you're new. We all welcome you with open arms, with support, with love, and uh, with Bride Chiller chillness which is a genuine thing. So happy that you can join me for Q&A Thursday. I want to say some quick shout outs from last week's episode. Rich and I were both rather confused about our impending visit to the States. And we've both been to America before. There's no, you know, this is not a new thing to us, but we've been talking. We've probably been over talking more likely the tipping stuff and just trying to understand exactly what the hell we're supposed to be tipping for when, And uh, also because there might be some hair appointments and bits and pieces. And I was slightly confused as to whether I would have to tip hairdressers, which I'm really glad I asked that now because you just don't want to be the loser, like the meanie foreign loser that doesn't tip someone and then they don't go home and eat a meal because of you that night. They're like, I fucking hate that Australian bitch. I want to say a big thank you to Megan uh, and Michelle, who both are very clever and both sent me exactly the same amazing article, which I'm going to link to in today's show notes. It's a Wait But Why article. If you've never visited Wait But Why, um, well, just go there after this podcast or while you're listening to this podcast, but stay focused. For the love of God, stay focused. Um, the, the topic was called Everything uh, Everything We Need to Know About Tipping, and it's amazing. And basically, when you get to the end of the article, you sort of realize that I think it's a very contentious issue about how many, you know, where you tip and when and how regularly, if you go to the same coffee place, do you tip the person, the barista? If I'm going to a Starbucks, do I tip? It brings up all this stuff. And I'm, I'm more, I'm, I was going to say I'm more switched on, but I'm also possibly more confused, but I love you both. And I very much appreciate you jumping in and saving the day. And while I'm here, I must not forget to thank the darling, darling, darling Victoria who sent me a Facebook message where she actually said, your tipping confusion is adorable. Everyone in Europe must be so confused by tipping. The rule is 20% for restaurants when you're being served by a waiter. I always just double the first number of the first two numbers. I have to read that again because my dumb brain, my, my math's dumb brain went, uh. Look, she goes on to give some very good calculations, which I'm going to read again when I'm fully concentrating and maybe even screen grab it so in a quiet moment I can think about maths because usually Rich is the natural mathematician and sometimes I don't know if you're like me. But when he talks about numbers and we talk about podcast numbers, he loves doing all the stats and figuring out if we've found some new listeners. Uh, And he starts to talk numbers and I put on my very 
good listening concentration phase where I genuinely, for a couple of seconds, try and listen to what he's saying about the numbers. It's not that I don't like to hear what he's saying. I don't want him to ask me to do calculations. I just want him to do the calculations. I am really good at communication, writing, design. I know these are my strong skills. Maths, no, it's not interested. And not like, I'm not interested. I don't want to do maths. I just don't give a shit. I've got an iPhone. I try my best. I can do basic shit, but I just, I'm done. I can't learn. I can learn. That's a terrible attitude. Awful. I'm just saying it takes more brain power. I'm mildly dyslexic, which I will own. I will own. If you've read some of my show notes, I'm sure you've seen some of my shonky, shonky mistakes. But also, I think you should focus on what you're good at, especially when it comes to wedding budgets and stuff. If you know you're not the maths person, give give that task to the person that is. Take the stress off. I'd also, in this very same breath, like to thank the people who have jumped in and purchased some brand new merch that we launched. And it was merch that was requested by you, my bride chillers, because I've said it over and over again, what would a bride chiller do? And uh, that's what we're doing. We've got some mugs, some new tote bags, and I think some t-shirts as well that we've whipped up. And it's great because I had a photo of myself on Instagram a few weeks ago with one of those, what would Beyonce do mugs? And I got so many emails and messages on Instagram saying, why haven't you made one of those mugs for yourself, you dummy? So I did, and now it's for sale, and uh, we've already made a couple of sales, so that's exciting. Thank you. Thank you very much. While we're here, I'd like to say, I'd like to say thank you for um, really on a roll with the silly voices today. How many am I up to? About seven. It's got to be a record. We're only up to four minutes. I've already uh, done several annoying voices, and if you're new to this, I don't blame you if you're like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. She hasn't even talked about weddings yet. What's she doing? Why am I here? Don't waste my time. I want to say thank you to the people that got back to me with some feedback about Monday's episode with Katrina from The Feminist Bride, and it was all about changing your name. And it was great because this, again, was a requested episode from you lovely listeners. It's one of those questions I get asked all the time, um, mostly coming from the perspective of people who are women who are feminists and who say, you know what? I'm a little confused as to whether I should be changing my name. I feel really torn with this decision and I am a little worried about what to say to my partner about it. Or I want to change my name. Is that anti-feminist? Now, it's really great because I feel like we discussed this really openly and really sort of in a way that everyone can connect with. I feel that you should do whatever you want to do. You know, as we always say, this is not not about saying you have to do it a certain way, but it was really lovely to hear your feedback and just see that it's maybe prompted people to have a discussion, which is all we really wanted to do. I think Katrina would, if she was here right now, I don't want to speak for her, but I think, you know, her main point in this whole conversation was to say, at least have the conversation with your partner and also ask them if they would be uh, willing to change their name. Last little quick one uh, that I'd like to just share is from Kelly. She left a Facebook message for me. She says, good morning. I'm listening to your name change episode. And I thought I would offer our decision. My fiance years ago changed his last name to an ancestral name. And now we're getting married. I'm taking his ancestral name. So excited. He is Scottish 
and changed his last name to Gordon. And my ancestors are Scottish, but my maiden name does not represent this. So I'm excited to become a Gordon. Great episode. Well, thank you very much. And Kelly, I love that you're coming together under this new name. Very good. Very forward thinking. So forward thinking. Alrighty, let's totally have a voice message. And this one, I believe, is from the lovely Jen. Hi, I love your podcast. I was wondering if you had any podcasts or could make one about intercultural and bilingual weddings. My partner's Japanese and we live in Japan. Um, Weddings here are very different to in the UK where I'm from. And I wondered if maybe some of your other listeners would be interested in this. It's very difficult to find information about Japanese weddings on the internet that isn't just about the Shinto ceremony, which is not what we'd want. Um, I can't find any books about Japanese weddings and wedding traditions, but I'd like to involve some in my wedding. Um, Of course, that's quite a specific question, but maybe uh, where to find information about how to put together an intercultural ceremony and how to navigate big, big language barriers at the reception um, for your guests would be interesting to more of your listeners. Thanks. A lovely question, Jen, and I think very relevant because I know I have listeners all over the world and I think it's wonderful that you are looking into working uh, some of your partner's cultural beliefs and uh, traditions into your wedding service. I think the first big point that I want to make is about the bilingual part of a wedding. I've talked about this a little bit before and I think it's a really fascinating topic and something that I think a lot of us would never have to think about, thinking that half of your people who are coming to your wedding don't speak the language that the other half speak. And especially if you are one of those people, I don't know, you're, I mean, you live in Japan, I'm assuming you might have a little bit of language skills, but all your, um, that's not true. I don't want to make assumptions. There's lots of people that live in lots of countries that don't really speak the other language. Uh, but your family will probably be coming to Japan and you want everyone to be able to understand and enjoy the day. I do think it's good if you are having a wedding service in another language, that if you can afford Uh, or if you have friends, someone that can do some translation sort of live, I think that would be a really nice touch because I know I went to a Greek Orthodox wedding a few years ago and I had not a clue what was going on. And it sort of lost, I mean, the wedding was beautiful. This is not a, this is not discouraging of the wedding. The wedding was gorgeous, but I didn't understand a lot of it. And I found it a bit confusing and I didn't know when to get emotional. (laughs) And it's not all about me. I don't want anyone to think, oh, Alicia, this is their wedding. And it was, and it was stunning. But I think from someone who doesn't speak the language, I just missed a bit of it. I didn't really know what was happening. So I think in this situation, if you are going to have your wedding in Japanese, or if you're listening and you might be having a wedding in German or something, I think it would be nice to either explain that to your guests or provide them with some sort of translation and uh, I don't know how this would work. I think there are probably better people to answer this question than me about how to technically do that. I just had this weird thing about, you know, those, <laughs> this is so silly. You know, when you go on, you go to Europe, uh, when you go to Europe, when you go anywhere that there are lots of tourists and you see people walking around with little headphones um, and then there's a tour guide and they've got some sort of wireless like microphone. It's like, and coming up. 
coming up to your left, you'll see a photograph. It's got cultural significance. And people are all, you see them all, we can't hear this, but you see all their heads turn at the same time. Because even if they're in like a big packed square, they're still listening to that one person. And that person's always carrying around either an umbrella they're holding up or they're carrying around what looks like they've taken off an antenna off a TV, off a, not a TV, off a car. They've just ripped it off and that's what they hold up in the air with a little handkerchief attached to it. This is not helping you at all, Jen. But uh, I was just thinking if you could have some sort of translator with headphones, but that would be like crazy, crazy ass shit, but really fun, but probably not attainable. So I'm giving you things that are from fantasy land. Saying that, I think it would be delightful to have, if you are having your ceremony in Japanese, if you are going for a traditional ceremony, to be able to explain to your people whether it's with some sort of pamphlet or form or uh, maybe you could create a lovely, colourful document that you hand out so people know what's going on. Or you could get someone up in English to then do the ceremony or service again or say something in English. I think it's nice to do it both, to do it for both languages. Also, incorporating uh, wonderful details into your wedding, specifically Japanese details. And I look too, and it isn't as, I think there's lots of stuff in Japanese, which is not helpful, uh, I think, for us, maybe for your partner to translate. But I see what you mean. There seems to be a sort of lack of looking at either... It seems to be all like full-blown Western weddings and adding a couple of little details in. And maybe that's all you want to do. Maybe you want to be able to incorporate both of your cultures and traditions. And I know that the English wedding is very different to a Japanese wedding, so this might take some balance. But to me, I think the greatest thing about any combination, like when you're coming together and putting two different cultures together, is you sort of can, without breaking the rules... You can sort of bring the best of both worlds with an excuse to break the tradition. Now, I know I love Japan. We've been to Japan a few times. I'm no Japanese expert. I do appreciate very much how much the Japanese culture appreciates their own culture. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? They take it quite seriously. Things are done very uh, on point. There is a lot of thought put into their ceremonies. They are very thoughtful with their their movements, their decorations, the color, all of this stuff. So I know that I'm not saying just go on, just go and whack a couple of things up on the, you know, I'm not saying go completely rogue, but I do think that Japanese guests will also appreciate learning a bit about English weddings and English culture. So if you flip it and reverse it. I'm so sorry I had to put that in there because how often do you say that? Winding it up now, sorry, if you can look at it from the other perspective as well, Jen, I think that you could add some really nice traditional English touches to your wedding as well as the Japanese details, then it might be a really nice mixed service and reception. Fuck, I don't know if I've helped you at all. I've just sort of gone round and round and given nothing. I've said to get, can we just, can we just, before we go to break, and again, if you are new to this podcast, Decide if you need to continue on the path. No, don't decide. There's heaps. There's 200 and bloody, this is 227 episodes in. I promise there's lots of gold. This is gold. I'm sure you're enjoying this nonsense. Um, just to recap, I've said to Jen that she should get everyone earpieces like they do in tourism, uh, like coach trips, like old lady coach trips. 
so I don't know if that's a possibility. It's probably a bit silly. And I've also basically just said combine both of your traditions. So I don't know if that's a big fat fail, Jen, but I'm happy that you took the time to write to me. And I'm happy I got the time to talk some silliness and hopefully help you out a little tiny bit because you're fabulous and I want to come and visit you in Japan. I'd like to have a special call out to the lovely Molly who wrote to me a couple of, well, months ago now. Uh, it was a Q&A episode and she basically got in touch saying that she was having some problems with a bridesmaid of hers and her bridesmaid had been a little a little shady in the sense that, well, she was talking a bit of smack, to be honest, which I wasn't impressed with. But also she sort of said, I can't come to your bachelorette. I can't do this. I can't do that. There were lots of no's happening. And in the episode, I'd sort of said to Molly, look, you need to have a look at what your expectations are. And I say this to everyone who has bridesmaids or groomsmen or maid of honors or the rest, that you really need to communicate what you expect them to do and how much they, you wish them to participate, which she had done. And unfortunately, this bridesmaid had sort of decided to book a holiday uh, somewhere else during the period of time where she'd been asked if she would like to come along for the bachelorette. And I think Molly was quite mindful of this, but she was quite hurt that her friend had chosen to go off on a package tour with some other friends instead of her and her friends. And basically she has decided, she wrote me a lovely email saying that she appreciated my feedback and she I'm going to read this to you because I just think it's a nice thing to have a little closure but also just to hear a bit of feedback from a bride who's been going through some bridesmaid shit because I know I get so many emails from bride chillers all over the place asking about well what to do if they're in a very similar situation she basically says um Specifically, she said, uh, the bridesmaid who hadn't told me she was going to make it on our bachelorette trip, she wasn't going to make it. She says, for that reason and several other not-so-nice things on her part, I made the decision to ask her to no longer be a part of our wedding. It was so hard, but it was such the right decision. After hearing your advice, I realized she was not my real friend, and I did not want to have the regret of her standing beside me on our wedding day. So thank you. Thank you for everything and happy days. And I thought that was quite brave. I'm a big believer in communicating and not getting too drama, you know, oriented. And I don't say lightly ditch people because I think it's a very dramatic move and also really a bit of a friendship deal breaker, my belief. it'd be. I think it's hard to come back from telling a friend that they're in a wedding and then they're out of a wedding. So I'm not saying it can't be repaired, but it's a big move. So Molly, clearly, you know, you've thought it through, you've decided this person, as you said, she doesn't make you feel great about yourself. And in the original voice message, I remember you saying that she wasn't someone that, you know, was totally on your side uh, regularly, and that made you feel bad. And I think you've made the right decision. I thought it was also a good time to share this message from lovely Hillary. Now, this this message, uh, I'm sorry, Hillary, this took a little while to get to you, but I thought it was very on point. And uh, good to hear some feedback as well about your situation. I'll let Hillary explain. Hi, Alicia. This is Hillary. I actually left you a voicemail a few weeks ago, um, and you played that voicemail on episode 183. It was about removing a bridesmaid and how that was um, difficult, but honestly, the best decision. Uh, anyway, so I thought at the time that the situation was mostly over, taken care of, expected a little bit of weirdness, but um, in general, 
was moving on. Um, but that was really the calm before the storm. And I kind of wanted to update you on a little bit of what happened. Um, anyway, a little bit of backstory on that bridesmaid. I was in her wedding as well. Um, she canceled her wedding and then kind of called off her engagement uh, well before I asked her to step down. So there was that weirdness going on as well. Um, of course, the wedding was not canceled prior to me purchasing a dress for $306. Um, so yeah, there, there's that. Um, but anyway, the dresses came in and she contacted me and said everyone was keeping them. Uh, but if I didn't want to, she would compensate me. And so I contacted another bridesmaid and asked if she wanted to go with or why she, you know, if she was keeping it and did she want to go with to pick them up because her and I together had had some issues with the dress shop. Um, and that was it. Nothing, uh, no malice at all. And then the bridesmaid that I asked uh, to step down kind of flipped her shit uh, and was pissed off and said that, you know, of course they're keeping their dresses. She's going to have a, a wedding one day. And it's crazy that I would even ask why someone would keep it. Um, and that was not my intent at all. Um, and then she continued to text me for the next hour and a half. Um, and then later I got texts at three and four in the morning um, telling me that my fiance and I will one day get divorced and that uh, he travels for work and that he travels for work because I am evil. So um, all this is done. I don't know what her goal is. Uh, I'm not sure if she thinks that maybe one day I'll be like, oh, you know what? Go ahead and join back up. We'd love to have you now. Um, it's just absolutely insane what's going on. But uh, whatever, it's just, it's kind of reaffirming again the thing that I did that asked her to step down. And again, I know I said this last time, but if anyone has any reservations about asking a person and you feel like they're an obligation bridesmaid, do not make my mistake. Just don't. That's all I can say. Um, but again, I'm still loving listening uh, to the podcast, still binging. Um, I'm a teacher on summer break, so I'm doing that quite a bit. And I appreciate everything that you say and do and give us so that we can plan our uh, first days of the rest of our lives uh, without going absolutely nuts. Uh, happy day. I had to share that message with you because Hillary also wrote a really kick-ass bride chiller blog about that situation. She goes into it a little bit in more in depth. And it really is one of those stories you read and go, oh, Christ, that's full on. But I could totally see if you ask someone that you've got a little bit of hesitation about, perhaps they're a bit of an obligation person, we all know about those, that if shit sort of unravels, it could go really wrong. It could turn into a shit show. And you don't want that. So I love that Hillary has been so honest about it all. Her blog is great. I will link to that in the show notes as well today so you can have a read. And I'm not trying to be a you know word of doom and gloom, Debbie Down or anything. I just think it's good to go, have I made the right decision? Fuck. Bail now or forever hold your peace. Hi, Alicia. My name is Amelia. And first and foremost, I'm absolutely in love with your podcast. I listen to it on the bus on my way to work. And secondly, I'm not actually engaged yet, but we've talked about when it's going to happen, though. So I'm not just some crazy girl who has dreams of marriage in her head while her boyfriend's idea of planning for the future is figuring out what we're going to have for dinner that night. We're both in college and our families have been asking when he's going to put a ring on it. So um, since he, since they're all on board, we figured that we would start kind of planning. Nothing too serious like putting down payments on venues. But we've started compiling lists of bridesmaids and groomsmen and stuff like that. So um, this is actually where I ran into my first problem. And I don't know if I want to ask his sister to be a bridesmaid or not. Um, we don't know each other very well and he's not very close to her. 
so it wouldn't seem all that natural but I don't want to cause a rift in the families by not having her in there and I know what you've said about obligatory bridesmaids and guests and uh, and the like but I'm worried that if I don't ask her that it'll cause a huge problem and I don't really want to start off on the wrong foot like when I'm starting off in their family so um if you could help me with that I thank you so much I love your podcast like I said and I would love your advice thank you bye Oh, thank you, Amelia. Thank you very much. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. And that means I'm, you know, the selfish part of me is like, Amelia's not engaged. She's going to be with me for a little bit longer down the track. I always love people when they just get in touch, when they're just newly engaged, because I'm like, oh, that means we can be friends for like a year. So, Amelia, good question. I do think the idea that people are letting other people down can sometimes be really heavy on us, not just about bridesmaids, about lots of different things in life. And you don't want to make people feel bad. And that's part of the thing about obligation. It's mainly that you have this self-imposed guilt for whatever reason. And also people put guilt on other people about not doing things. So I do think when you're in a situation of going, I don't want to cause a rift, I feel like when you step back and look at it, it probably isn't that bad. And if you don't know her very well, she's probably not going to expect to be asked, to be honest. And if she does, then maybe she's got some work to do to get to know you a little bit more. I think it's all about your connections and your expectations of who you want to be involved in the day. And it sounds like you guys aren't very close. It sounds like you're not hanging out all the time. And I don't think that's offensive. And I don't think if people do have a problem with it, you could maybe sort of say, well, we don't really know each other very well. I'd really love to get to know her more and make an effort with doing that. Absolutely. But I don't think people can have a go at you for like you're not deliberately excluding her. And I think it might be nice for you to find another job or something else for her to do and really, in, in, you know, invite her to be a part of the process. But I don't think you should feel obliged just because, you know, well, why? 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 Just because she's a part of the family? I don't think so. I always love reversing the question. I don't do this enough. If she was getting hitched, would you be in her wedding? I can't answer that because I'm not her. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I say, I can't answer it. That's stupid. Why am I even pretending to answer it? Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. No, look, I think, Amelia, it's good to have these thoughts now. You've got time up your sleeve to figure it out. I think you should ask your partner about, you know, I want to know where this idea that you're going to be in trouble for not asking her comes from. Is it is it your mother-in-law? Is it her? Has she, has your sister-in-law, future sister-in-law, given you indications that she already thinks she might be in the wedding? I think it's good to unpack where these feelings are coming from and then you can sort of hone in on who to target to let down. Because I don't think you should ever feel obliged to ask anyone to do anything, especially like with the bridesmaid stuff. I think it should be about someone you genuinely want to be there. It doesn't sound like you don't like her. It just sounds like you don't know her. Be strong, my bride chiller. Be strong. Sorry for anyone's ears that were affected by that moment of passion. Very happy with Monday's episode of the Bride Chiller podcast. Danielle Tate is an entrepreneur. She is a bit of a legend. She is the author of a wonderful book called Elegant Entrepreneur. And I really loved the book. And she comes on the show and talks a little bit about how to run your wedding a bit like a business, how to use entrepreneurial spirit and those actions that are more businessy to make sure you keep your wedding planning budgets and also your mind in that zone 
of planning an event, but also enjoying it and making sure things are organized without losing your marbles. She's great. She's got a lot to give and I have deep respect for her. There it is. So I'm happy to be sharing that episode on Monday. And uh, can I ask a special favor? If you enjoy this show, would you consider leaving me an iTunes review? If you don't enjoy it, you can also leave me a review, but I'd rather you didn't because it looks shit. <laughs> is that legit to say, don't leave me a shit review? You know, I'm saying be honest, but don't just look, stop talking about negative things. Today has been a bit wackadoodle. I've enjoyed it. I think I had a lot of adrenaline with the big workout. I'm quite hungry and uh, I'm excited. I'm, this has been a fun episode to produce. So saying that calmly, if you could leave me an iTunes review, if you haven't already done so, I'd be very appreciative because it's just another way to spread the word and attract more bride chillers to this wonderful community. Also, if you haven't followed me on Instagram and Facebook, they're really nice places to connect with other bride chillers, especially the Facebook, more likely. I mean, the Instagram, I post lots of great fun content and lots of silliness with Rich, but Facebook's where it's at, where people genuinely jump in and help each other. And I can't encourage you enough to get involved and write back and help other bride chillers because it's really rewarding seeing that I've sort of created this community and you've all just sort of set it free and you're doing your own thing. So congratulations to everyone for being awesome and congratulations to you to get it, for getting to the end of this slightly manic episode. I really love hearing from you. So keep the voicemails, emails and cyber love coming. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, busting wedding planning balls, one podcast at a time.